Hey friends, Ashley here. Before we get into this episode, I just want to give you a quick content warning. While we don't talk about any specifics in this episode, we do talk about a company where there have been allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct. So if that's not something that you want to hear about, you might want to skip this episode. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, welcome to Boss Barista, the podcast about workplace equity and employee empowerment in coffee and beyond. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. My guest today is Courtney Heald, lead roaster for Modern Times Beer and Coffee in San Diego, California. This interview starts slowly, but it builds up to a roaring thunder as we go. Courtney shares her experiences of staying with a company as it's going through a public moment of reckoning and answering for the harm it's committed to others. There were multiple allegations of misconduct and sexual harassment at modern times made back in May of 2021. An employee was fired, and eventually the CEO and founder Jacob McKean stepped down. Courtney decided to continue on with modern times and dedicate her energy to advocating for herself and holding her superiors accountable. Courtney suggested herself as a guest for the show, and I'm really glad she did. We emailed back and forth a few times about this conversation, and I think we uncovered a lot of feelings about accountability and self-advocacy during times of turmoil that feel incredibly universal. When a boss or an employer causes harm, There are reasons to stay, and there are reasons to leave that are both legitimate. Money, safety, comfort, and your emotional well-being and capacity all have to be taken into account. And this conversation isn't meant to be a recommendation or endorsement that one is better than the other. Instead, it's meant to capture one person's experience and how she learned to use her voice to demand better for herself and the people around her. Here's Courtney. So I was wondering if you could just start by introducing yourself. Okay. My name is Courtney Heald. I am a lead roaster. I am the lead roaster for Modern Times Beer and Coffee. What are your first memories of coffee? Did you grow up drinking coffee or seeing people drink coffee? Um, My first memories of coffee is with my mom and her best friend. So they would they would just always get together and they just loved coffee. They would always be drinking coffee. I didn't drink it as a kid. Like my cousin did. And I always thought that was like weird and like adult. but I was always around it. And like my mom and her best friend, like they had dreams of starting a cafe. And I had like, when I would go to like my grandma's house and after like family dinners, they would always have coffee with dessert. But I actually got into coffee Immediately after high school, I got a job with Starbucks. So I started with the barista and I was there for, worked for them for eight and a half years. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's very surprised. I'm like, it was, I did like it when I was there. Well, I have no shade against Starbucks, um, especially in the context of people getting their first coffee jobs. Because I'd have to say probably over 50% of people in specialty probably got their start there. Yeah. I feel like we always joke whenever I meet someone who always like who worked with Starbucks were like, that's where like majority of people start. Like we 
yeah, it was great. That's like coffee. I feel like the love of coffee found me. Was it intuitive or like obvious when you first started working at Starbucks that you got there and you were like, oh, I love coffee or did it take some time? I think it took some time. It was kind of sneaky. I was the person that drank like the very chocolatey frappuccinos and the chais and then it like went into like white mocha and then I was starting drinking like shots of espresso over ice and then I eventually got into like when I went to a reserve store that had the clover machine and they had the small lot coffees. I start that's when I started drinking like like coffee like from different countries and or countries that I hadn't seen produce coffee before I guess um or that I guess wasn't as well known right for their production and then I was like oh coffee can taste there can be like it's like nuanced it's not just super like dark robust like bitter yeah if that makes sense (laughs) no that totally makes sense I think everyone kind of has that moment where especially if they just get a job in coffee just to have a job there's that moment where you're like oh coffee can taste like blueberries or it can taste different from this other thing that I'm used to and I feel like for so many baristas that like flavor sensation or that that taste memory is often the first one that we hearken back to when we talk about how we got into coffee yeah like coffee pairings I remember like doing that at Starbucks like doing the black apron and like pairing the lemon loaf with like their Kenyan and just getting those citrus notes and I'm like this is wild and like food and coffee (laughs) yeah it was it was great (laughs) so so you were at Starbucks for eight years what did you do after that Then I, it was, I just realized it was my time to go into more of the specialty world. I just wanted a more, I think more of a personal relationship with Starbucks and more, I want to learn more about coffee and kind of the behind the scenes and I guess more focused on coffee itself. And I was just over the corporate feel because I was around it for so long so then I went to a coffee roaster in San Diego Bird Rock Coffee and I was there for three years I believe and that like grew my love even more and training there and I yeah that was the first job where I really learned I learned more about coffee in the orientation there with the owner than like my I feel like my whole like career at Starbucks just because it got really focused, like hyper-focused. That totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. When, when did you make the jump from being a barista to maybe thinking about roasting? Was that an obvious jump for you or was it like more happenstance? Um, Kind of both. Like I've always wanted to learn about roasting. I think that's my personality of just wanting to learn more about whatever I'm into I want to learn about everything and like the like where it starts and then how it affects like the final cup and all of that but that happens I feel like I haven't even been roasting full of, for a full year um I think it'll be actually it might be this month it might be like a full year of roasting but it was during when I was came to modern times I started in the cafe and then when the pandemic and quarantine started everything shut down like 
the hospitality sides. And then I jumped into like production needed help because we were still roasting and giving coffee for like wholesale and like online orders. So I was helping with bagging and then there was a need in like eventually like roasting. So I started just like training for that and then just fell into it. So yeah, it was kind of happenstance, but it was also like the desire to learn was there too. I mean, obviously both both are existing there and both can can exist together but if the COVID-19 hadn't happened do you think that you would have fallen into roasting I don't know like I definitely said that in the inter when I was interviewing for modern times because I know the coffee team here is like pretty small and the what's it called job the like the growth in what like started as a barista like usually is it's pretty like accessible like to grow in coffee, like on this team. Um, just I think because the mentorship is there and just we're all just kind of coffee nerds and we all just want to teach each other things. And I think that is a reflection of the company too. There's a lot of cross training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then COVID happened and then. And that just accelerated your pace. Like, like it was like, oh yeah, yeah I'm getting in there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, yeah, definitely accelerated it. And that was like, okay, my the cafe shut down. I don't know what I'm doing. I will just help with production and then fell into it. So you've been in coffee for quite some time, at least yeah. over, I mean, if I'm doing my math right, at least 12 years. Yeah, I think so. I'm 32 and I was 18. So yeah, over a decade. <laughs> so something that's come up on Boss Barista a number of times recently, especially, is the kind of way that we establish our careers in coffee, because there seems to be this very typical hierarchy of you're a barista and then maybe you're a lead barista and then you're a store manager. And then you start that process all over again. If you get like mad at your employer or something happens, so there's nowhere to grow. And that's come up a couple of times on the show recently And I was wondering, like, did you feel like you were stuck in this almost like repeating cycle for a while? I mean, you stayed at Starbucks for for a really long time. So I wonder, like, how you were thinking about your career or growing or like what was supposed to be the next step for you? Did you think about these things as your career was like going in different places? Yeah, I definitely did. And I definitely felt stuck a lot of times in like pretty much every spot that I worked at I don't know if it was me or the places I was working for or like so I've done the like shift supervisor the assistant manager like all of these different things and something just didn't fit and I didn't know what that was and I knew I'm like I don't really feel like I'm like I want to be in a store manager like I feel like I would get stuck in that like at these specific like jobs that I've had, what I wanted to do was like, I love coffee itself and I love human interaction. So I think that's like how I've moved through my coffee career currently. And even like thinking in the future now, like I don't know if I want to roast forever, but I still love, even as a roaster, like I'm still learning something new about coffee and it's still like, there's still like a sense of like wonder there. Um, and like right. 
just getting out the different flavors from the coffee is like this is this is wild <laughs> like right. how like different factors like play into like getting more out of a coffee and then also just the people that I get to work with and like the people that I get to meet through just working with coffee like is I think like why I am drawn to this career and like why I'm drawn to like different workplaces. It seems like you've made this like big bucket almost of like these are the things I like about coffee. I like the things that it allows me to do, the things it allows me to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why a lot of us continue to stay here. I know that's why I continue to stay. But then yeah. when you kind of get to the specifics, when you yeah. get when you needle down a little bit more, then there's like a big question mark. What do I do? What would make me happy. And I'm and I and what I like is that you identified some of the skills that you you see like strengths in yourself. Like I like interacting with people. I like discovering the nuance in small things like changing a roast curve very slightly or changing a pour over recipe by a gram or two. I'm just giving you know, just making up stuff yeah. there as we go. Yeah. Um who know who knows if that's what you like. Um yeah. but I think what often happens in the coffee industry is that we focus on these titles because we don't really know necessarily how to identify like these traits or we don't know how to rectify the difference between a job title and like the things that that entails and the things that we just like to do in coffee. Um, and I know like I'm in the same, I'm, I feel like I'm in the same place as you. I'm 34. I've been making coffee since I was 22. And I, f- I felt that like that same pain for almost 10 years of just like, what do I like about coffee? Like, I know I like these things, but what does that actually mean job wise? Yeah. Like a quality manage, like there's like these titles that kind of box in, but that's not necessarily like something I want to do like a hundred percent of the time. Like I want to do, I like to do like everything, <laughs> like, but does that exist? I don't know. One of the things that I'm interested in is we're obviously, so it's 2021 for posterity's sake. If people are listening to this in the future, I was going to say in the past, but that's not a thing um, <laughs> unless something, something wild happens in the next couple of years and we're able to time travel. But um, <laughs> no. we were emailing a little bit about the things that we wanted to talk about and some of the issues that we were thinking about in the coffee industry. and. You wrote something that really struck me about being in jobs, trying to figure out what the right thing to do is in a job, and eventually deciding maybe that you have to go, that maybe this isn't the job for you. But Mm -hmm. you've talked about this job specifically and choosing to stay even in the midst of turmoil. And that reminded me of an episode of Boss Barista that we did God, like two or three years ago, was with a group of baristas that unionized at a coffee shop called Mighty Good. And one Mm -hmm. of the lessons that I took from them, because I asked them why they stayed. There was was like rampant issues with the way that employees were treated. There was accusations of racism. And I asked them why they stayed. And they're like, well, it was our responsibility to change things. Yeah, which you kind of hearken to in your email. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like this kind of I don't want to say late stage in your career, because that implies that we're like somehow a lot older than we are, which we're not. Um, Yeah. But like, I wonder, do you think about this point in your career now differently than you did maybe 
the earlier stages of your career. Yeah, for sure. I think, I don't know if it's just me getting older and I don't want to like go through the thing of finding new jobs or whatever, or if it's just realizing that like we all have a responsibility to just be better and help each other be better through that. I feel like in my early stages of my career in coffee, I was just so young and I'm like, I just, I'll just go. I didn't have a lot of experience in with other places of work. And so I, I was like, oh, maybe this other place will be better. And I think gradually like they were, but then I just found out I'm like everyone's human and no company is perfect, no matter like how progressive they might be or open about like talking about things like, or I guess like transparent, like when stuff goes down, like it, there's no company that's like safe from that because all like all humans can mess up, I guess. Um, yeah. And so it's just thinking about it, like, there's times I'm like, should I just leave? And like, definitely there's been a lot of like turnover this past year with this company and of people just like it was their personal decision to just go but and I was like I could but then what if I go somewhere else and like the same stuff happens so I've seen companies do a lot less and with what's going on here like I'm actually working for a place where they're trying and there's actually like action steps that everyone is doing and like I see that people want to work together and rather than just like I'm a fan of like accountability and keeping each other accountable rather than just like canceling something and the problem is still there. One of the things I thought a lot about as we were talking about places that have committed harm, number one, you're absolutely right. They should be held accountable. But what does accountability look like? Does it look like the people who are working there currently working together to make a new system? Does it look like maybe somebody at the top leaving a company? It can look a lot of different ways, but then what happens next? I think that's what I find really interesting about your response is that there's steps, there's more to do. And it's not like anybody's immune. There's no one perfect company. Obviously some places are going to do better than others, but I think your experience speaks to, I think an experience a lot of baristas have where you have this like, moment where you're at a job and you think it's great and then it's not and then you leave it and then you go to another place and you think it's great but it's not and perhaps it's because you're a little bit older now because I think when you're young it's really hard to make a big connection between like what's happening and what you're experiencing but I know that as I've gotten older too it's like what can I feasibly do to change something can I change something and that's part of the question too is can I change something if not then I have to go but if I can change something how do I see that through and what emotional capacity do I have to make that happen and it seems like you made that assessment for yourself and you decided that you do have the emotional capacity to see through meaningful change Yeah, and I'm learning to, like, use my voice more, too, and, like, well, I will just, I'll speak up for myself and advocate for myself and see if that is heard and if I'm listened to, and I think that's, like, a 
big like tell to see if I can like work with a company and like work with the people around me. What does that look like for you? Mm, I think it's to have like coworkers and people that I feel comfortable going to, like just with ask, even if it's just, Hey, I would like a title change or I would like a raise or something like that. And like bringing like different things of, and kind of seeing, or just even having people like my supervisors, like coming to me, like, um, letting me know, like the steps that they're taking and just different things. And like, in getting me a raise of the title change or whatever um or like weekly check-ins like at this job I do have like a pretty like we have pretty consistent check-ins with like supervisors and like stuff like that and past jobs like we did not have like consistent reviews and yeah I don't know if that's just because staffing scheduling I have no idea but it seems like at past jobs I haven't that wasn't as like a priority as much, but yeah. Does that make sense? (laughs) I mean, I'm going to ask you the question again, because (laughs) I think that you talked about the company. I want you to talk about you. Mm. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask it again and I might even keep this in just to annoy people. Um, no, but, uh, but, but, but I think it's easy to, to forget like your power in this. And that's why I want to push you on this is like, how did you decide, like, how did you build up the confidence to say, no, my voice is valid. Like I can be a force for change by using my voice. Hmm. I think it was just my own personal, like, like think I my personal like frustrations and things of me being upset. But then also I was the type of person that just let things go, and like even people would say like, "Oh, like you carry stress well," and like just because I would internalize it all and just get really quiet and like. But then it would really, like, bother me. Like, I would just, like, rant about something that was bothering me or whatever. And then I'm like, I should... Because I was afraid to bring it up. I was a little conflict avoidant. But then I think I just realized that I, like, just when I say... Like, when I found people I can say things to and have it be met with acceptance and not like resistance then that was telling to me that I can be honest with like what I'm feeling and thinking I think what you just said about the way that you internalize stress or internalize conflict is incredibly common Hmm. and I think that's why I wanted to hear more about it because I think people are often prized for that. Like you even said it like, oh, you handle stress well. And you're like, is that yeah. really a compliment? I don't know if it should be. In like every review that I've had. <laughs> Everyone? Like, yeah. Like in a lot of it, it was always like a, that was a compliment of you work well under pressure or you handle stress well. There's some like good in that, but there's like yeah. also not, there's also, that's also telling <laughs> that what we get prized for is often keeping our mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So patriarchy? I don't know. I mean, especially, I mean, I, I often go back to power just because I think that power is a little more universal in terms of one of the things that I think, and, and I think this goes back to some of the stuff that you were saying earlier is that it's not just about one thing. It's how power works. Like power is structured so that it goes unchallenged. Yeah. And that's how the patriarchy works. That's how racism works. That's how gender discrimination works. That's how like any form of discrimination works by making it unsafe to challenge the status quo. And I think you kind of spoke to that a little bit earlier about how this isn't necessarily the problems that we've been having in the service industry by and large, not just coffee, not just beer, not just restaurants have to do with like hierarchical structures of power and not being able to challenge them and who is in those positions of power. And that's why there's so many problems everywhere. That's why it's not a bad apple problem. It's an industry wide problem. Yeah. And just hearing you talk about how you are reviewed at your jobs, you're like, yeah, of course, like this is what we reward. This is how we reinforce those power structures. And I really like that you detailed how you personally dealt with it because that's, I think, a really universal way in which we deal with the stresses of work that we like go home and then complain about it or we find another outlet or we become really resentful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best piece of advice I ever got for a job that I quit a couple of years ago was to quit before I got resentful. And I realized mm-hmm. I've been letting myself get resentful at every job because there is yeah. no outlet for me. So I wonder if that speaks true to your experiences at all. Yeah, definitely. I think that's why I left a lot of past jobs because I was starting to. I don't know. Looking back, I probably was <laughs> or I definitely was. But I think to me, to my past self, I was thinking that I'm like, I'm starting to get resentful, but I think I totally did. So now like going forward, I, in choosing to stay and like work through hard things is almost helping me to not be resentful and like speak up when things are bothering me. Yeah. Right. Allowing you to be a change maker so that instead of this like situation lingering over you let's say you didn't get a raise at work and then you're resentful and you quit Mm -hmm. on the other end of it you can say I didn't get this raise like how do I deal with this and how do I say something that's meaningful at work Mm -hmm. and then actually deal with this problem so that we can move on we can move forward we can do better totally yeah has that been hard for you I wonder if this is a conscious like personality shift or even just I wouldn't say maybe personality shift but like a conscious shift in the way that you approach work I think so it is like it isn't a natural like it's not natural for me to initiate those things so it's definitely like it takes some effort for me to vocalize those things and speak up and choose to like almost choose like choose to like advocate for those things I guess right and it's it's also hard because you're you know you're at work and it's hard to know sometimes especially if you're alone or you're the only one who experiences something yeah like did I experience that was that really that awful am I like those questions that 
I just we just aired an episode with CREO and a lot of those questions come up am I the weird one here for complaining about something yeah Um, especially when no one's like talking about it or it seems like no one is speaking up either so you're like am I the only one that feels this and then it's not until someone like I don't know, whistleblower or whatever, like on something. I'm like, oh, like you too? Okay. Right. You feel like you do? Yeah. It seems like the team, your team that you work with at Modern Times now, though, I don't know if this is accurate, so maybe you can explain it a little bit more. But it seems like you folks have gotten better at making space for conflict. Yeah, I would think so. But but like also understanding that like you can work through the conflict. So I was wondering like how have you as a team grown together to make modern times better? I think it's through the tangible steps that we've taken is we've brought in like third parties to do like mandatory like all staff meetings of like how to basically like manage conflict and like and um like diversity inclusion trainings and like bystander trainings like how to like approach things and speak up when it's needed and then also just like on the smaller like the coffee team itself is just open like open lines of communication that like the supervisors will just say like you can they'll tell us like you can come to us with anything and just like that constant reminder yeah do you get constantly reminded of that that hey you can come talk to us if you need anything yeah actually I do yeah I love that because I think it's easy for folks to say oh my staff can come to me it's like but did you tell them yeah did you say it (laughs) yeah yeah it's like with either if it's like on our like our coffee team like slack channel or if it's just even personally a supervisor will say we'll just have like a one-off like one-on-one and yeah just like how are you feeling today like how's it going like work or personal like just yeah just a check-in are there any personal victories that you think you've achieved for yourself in the last couple of months maybe getting a raise or you mentioned a job title change anything that you're particularly proud of Ooh, um, yeah, a few things. I mean, uh, getting a raise and having a job title of lead roaster is, that was great. Did you have to advocate for those? Like, I'm wondering how those, those came about. Yeah, I advocate, I was advocating myself for the raise, like, this past, like, year since becoming a roaster, and, like, I was told that the title would come with a raise, and so I just kept, like, saying that, and then it happened. And also, I roasted a coffee that got what was the score? It was like a 93 on coffee review. I think that was the score. Was mm-hmm. it 92 or 93? I mean, anything in the 90s. I love the 90s, but that was really cool. <laughs> and I'm like, what? This is awesome. So just like little, those little reviews of just like being nervous of profiling coffees and as just like a new roaster and having my coffee taste good and have, get, getting that feedback from people like is just, it makes me feel good. And Yeah. So have you been able to use those victories of like, hey, I, my coffee scored this on coffee review and I've been able to achieve these really cool things. Like now, like what does this next thing look like for me? Do I get this raise? What does that plan look like? Because I know that one of the things that 
I get a lot of DMs about is how to ask for raises at work. Mm-hmm. And it's often yeah. as scary. It's, it's, it, it's so scary. It's so scary yeah. to ask for money at work. <laughs> yeah. But even the first, even just like entrance way to say, hey, can I get more money is daunting. And it often takes a lot of persistence. And it seems like it probably took some persistence from you. So like, how did you, how were you able to stay the course and say, no, this is the thing that I'm going to get. I'm going to keep working on this, but also like remain respectful and like stay, you know, employed, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I don't know. Um, I think it's just, I don't know, trying to research like the amount of work that I put in for a company and the wage of a roaster. I was kind of looking at what an average like roaster makes in San Diego, like looking at that pay and then what's livable, what, how much work am I doing? What's this emotional labor, physical labor, like all of this. So I think that's what I was trying to go for. I don't want to ask for too much. And then I also don't want to like undershoot. And then I was also looking at like what I made as an assist, like a production assistant. So I'm like, I feel like this, like as a roaster, it's, it takes a little bit more physical labor with things and also like mental labor. Um, it was challenging to ask like during a pandemic and constantly seeing like the like the financial like reports throughout this year and like how we're doing and so I guess like early on in the pandemic it was hard because people were taking like salary cuts and like people were being let go and stuff like that so that kept me from it but then I had a someone who didn't work in coffee or beer or anything was like are is your company like profiting like during this are you still producing things and making money and I'm like yeah we're still working we're working like twice as hard and like producing things so yeah she's like well like advocate for yourself in that so I think that helped me yeah I love that you said that I love that you said like you're still producing things like you're still making things yeah and it's so easy for us to feel the guilt of a company which companies are not people let's all remind ourselves of that but it is easy to feel that guilt of oh other people are taking salary cuts and and maybe there is some room to to be understanding obviously Mm -hmm. like you know, totally. maybe you can't give me a raise now, but like, what does six months look like? I'm not advocating for unreasonableness in this situation, but I think you are right to anchor your ability to advocate your, for yourself on, I am bringing value. I am continuing to bring value. I am probably bringing even more value now. Yeah. yeah. If anything, we're all working. If you're like working during this pandemic, you're and working like probably twice as hard. <laughs> I mean, the reason I left yeah. one of my last jobs, I keep saying the reason, like there was one reason there was like 70 bajillion, but yeah. hey, um, one of the reasons I left is that my boss was like continuously telling us like how much of a hit the company took during the pandemic and that the same thing was happening where we were working twice as hard. And I'm like, well, then what, what is our value? What does this mean that we're working twice as hard? Like, where is our value going? And it seems like there was at least a little more transparency at at modern times where people were talking about salary cuts that they were taking or some of the sacrifices that they were making. But at the same time, there was room for you to come in and say, actually, like, I'm adding a lot more value. Like, what's the plan for me? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is there anything that you would want people listening to this to know about you or take away from a conversation with you in it? I think it's just that I care a lot 
about where I'm at and I care about I care about doing a good job and representing something well and getting like the most out of like if I'm going to if I'm going to make coffee like I want you and you're going to spend money on something like a product or spend money on coffee like whether it was me being a barista or me being a roaster like you're gonna have the best espresso ever or I'm going to try to get you what you like out of an espresso or a coffee I want to meet people where they're at basically Um, I'm gonna try to summarize it real real quick I'm gonna say I really give a shit about what I do and I want to make it so that you really like what you're having yeah yeah that's exactly it Courtney, thank you for taking time to talk with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. That was Courtney Heald, lead roaster for Modern Times Beer and Coffee in San Diego, California. You can find a full transcript of this episode by going to bossbarista.substack.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. I'm just looking for a better day. Boss Barista is produced by me, Ashley Rodriguez. You can find a transcription of this episode on my newsletter, along with an accompanying article about this episode every Thursday at bossbarista.substack.com. To support the show, you can visit www.patreon.com slash bossbarista. We have over 80 patrons supporting the show right now which is incredible. And that helps keep the show alive. We pay guests through this fund, we pay for website hosting, and we make donations. Half of our patron donations are currently pledged to five different nonprofits, each at $50 a month. Asada's Daughters, the Loveland Foundation, the Native American Rights Fund, the Grocery Run Club, and the Chicago Community Bond Fund. Again, if you want to support Boss Barista, consider making a monthly donation at www.patreon.com slash bossbarista. Another amazing way to support the show is to share this episode with just one person, a friend, someone who you think would learn something from this episode, anybody. Sharing on social media is also a huge help, along with giving us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. As a small production, these things matter a lot. So if you can take a little time, share out some of your favorite quotes from this episode and tag us, that would be amazing. We're at Boss Barista Podcast on Instagram and Boss underscore Barista on Twitter. You can also send me an email at bossbaristapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.